0: Hello and welcome to series two of the d Make and Break podcast in partnership with WPP and the New Blood Academy. For those who don't know, the New Blood Academy is a four week boot camp designed to prepare emerging talent for jobs in the creative industry. I'm Nana, your host of Make and Break, and we're back with another six part series helping any aspiring creatives kickstart their career by offering some personal advice from some inspiring industry creatives. Hello and welcome to episode four of the make and break podcast. I'm your host Naina. The previous episode was all about finding inspiration for your work. Today's episode is all about sticking to your values. So for many young creatives, especially when they're starting out in their career, there can be a bit of a pressure to fit in and to follow the status quo. To some, this can come at a cost, uh, especially when it comes to sacrificing your personal values. We've invited special guest Leah Sattar, co-founder of The Other Box, to talk about the importance of standing by your values. Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about The Other Box and also how it all came about? Yeah, so... uh Roshni and I
1: Roshni my co-founder We set up the other box In 2016 Mainly out of frustration That the diversity conversation Wasn't very Inclusive of people like us So women of colour From working class backgrounds Mm. Being Muslim And other various parts Of my identity And Roshni's identity as well We weren't being a part Of that conversation Mm -hmm. It was mainly focusing On gender And gender was seen In very binary terms Male and female Mm -hmm. And with the females It was mainly Middle class white women And something that I can't actually relate to So <laughs> um, we just wanted to challenge that conversation yeah. so yeah fast forward three years um, we're about to celebrate our third birthday Woo, and congrats. Yay, um and we yeah so we do three we have three offerings so we have uh, we do workshops and training on unconscious bias diversity and inclusion how to create inclusive environments that retains creative talent Mm -hmm. because what we also noticed was there was a lot of things getting people into the industry but four to five years down the line people were leaving so we really wanted to focus on um, how to create culture change within the companies and brands and organizations that we work in we do brand partnerships and then we also have a creative community of over three thousand creatives around the uk and growing globally that we support and connect opportunities um, across the creative and tech industries
0: wow Based on your own experiences within the industry, why do you think it is that way? Why do you think there is um, so few diverse role models, especially when it comes to the creative industry?
1: When you are from a minority and you're in this industry and you're you're having to constantly come up across, well, come up against uh, microaggressions or people who don't look like you, not having that visibility, it can really affect your confidence yeah. and lead to imposter syndrome and all sorts of other things yeah. and actually so people leave and they set up their own things so the industry has a massive job to do in terms of like how do we retain this amazing talent yeah. and create environments where people can thrive
0: and want to be a part of it as well yeah just for maybe some of the listeners especially some of the younger listeners they might not be as familiar with microaggression especially imposter syndrome especially if they're feeling it mm. could you give um the listeners a bit of an idea of what you mean when you say those those terms yeah so especially with um microaggressions
1: is, okay, the best way that I describe it is an act of a thousand paper cuts. So you have one paper cut, it's a bit like, oh, okay, um, all right. Mm. Then you have two paper cuts, and then all of a sudden you've got a thousand paper cuts and you've lost your arm. Yeah. So that's where I kind of see microaggression. So yeah. it's it's a layering effect. So it's a
0: very good metaphor, the yeah. paper cut metaphor. It's mean, <laughs> a really good way of putting it. <laughs> I it's a bit it's violent. violent <laughs> but, uh, um,
1: but for me, even like a, a phrase, something as simple as, where are you from? especially being a person of colour, you'll probably encounter this... Millions of times. Millions of times on many different occasions. And it's not the first time that you've heard this, but it's so othering, Mm -hmm. especially when you go to your sort of, um, I guess, when I go back to Pakistan, I get it, where are you from there? When I'm here, I get it as well. Everywhere. It makes me feel like I just don't belong in Mm -hmm. any of these worlds. Um, But also as well, like I've had some really dangerous encounters with this word as well, so I find it quite triggering Mm. because it's like... You, you see that I'm brown. You see that I maybe don't quite belong here. It's it's small talk to you, but actually it's so loaded for me because yeah. of all my experiences with this. But also as a microaggression, it could be something as um, someone speaking over you constantly or things like that. So yeah. there's many different ways in which a microaggression can, um, can be formed.
0: Yeah, and th- all those things lead to imposter syndrome. Yeah, for sure. And uh, definitely people need to speak up about it because... A lot of people, especially younger people that speak to me about it, don't know what's happening. Yeah. Uh, and when they express how they're feeling, I'll be like, you need to look up imposter syndrome because there is a term for it. Yeah. And what you're feeling is normal. And it happens to people, but there is ways around it. So you obviously work on the other box as a full-time job now. Yeah. Um, before that, you were working in other jobs and this the other box was your side hustle. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about maybe if you came across a challenge... Um, And how you overcame that challenge, just in case someone's listening who's feeling exactly the same, but needs a bit of advice on something that maybe happened to you specifically. I think, um, especially
1: when I first first graduated, I worked in retail for a year because I really struggled to get a job in the industry. I applied to hundreds and hundreds of jobs and I had a spreadsheet of like the company, the email address, when I contacted them, if I'd heard from them. And so I was constantly keeping track so I could get feedback or whatever. And the interviews that I did get, it was um, I found myself changing myself to try and fit into what I thought was the ideal. Really? What I realized, I was going to ask you about this. Yeah, yeah. and what I realized now is actually more of a westernized um, idea of what's presentable and what's acceptable as well. Right. So. Um, my hair's naturally curly so I was straightening it I wear like obviously you can see right now I wear a lot of eyeliner but I was making it really neutral the clothes that I was really? wearing okay but even yeah. my accent
0: were you aware of what you were doing at the time I
1: think I just thought I was doing the right thing because yeah. this is what it, this was what it means to be professional like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. to and I guess for what I was thinking of was a white middle-class professional, and it's not me, so even, like, I borrowed my friend's heels, borrowed my friend's <laughs> office dress. I looked on this thing, it's I like... looked ridiculous. And my accent, so this is my, so I've got a quite, a, it's kind of mellowed out a little bit, but I'm from up north, Manchester, mm. and I was making myself, trying to make myself sound more like uh, EastEnders, but then Coronation Street kept coming through, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, mm, I had this conflict with my accent, because I was, because it's perception oh, that. It. How
0: old are you here? I'm like,
1: graduate when I was like 21 22 okay yeah and this was like my obviously my like going for my first real job in the industry that wasn't like retail or whatever yeah um and so yeah like changing myself to fit in and then just being really uncomfortable during mm. this whole interview process and but it was but what I what I say now especially to anyone that I mentor whatever is when you're going to for an interviews and jobs they're interviewing you just as much as you're interviewing them. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be working until we're like 150 at this rate. The retirement age is getting pushed further and further back, yeah. right? So it's we have to be happy where we're working. They have to, We have to want to be there. And so um, I feel that we belong there as well. So mm-hmm. just make sure that, yeah, that they match up to you. And even if you don't match up to them, there'll be a thousand other jobs out there for you to find that will support you and where you can live your best life at.
0: So, obviously, you've got really, really strong personal values. You're pu- pushing across the message. But was there um, some challenges that you faced in terms of you had your personal values, those were being challenged when you were starting out in your career? I definitely think um, you can have personal values, obviously, so important.
1: But we have to be flexible and mm. we have to be coachable. And what I mean, what I mean by that is that we have to be continually learning we can't be set in our ways we have to be constantly learning and educating ourselves and bringing awareness to d- different issues from different perspectives mm-hmm. so especially when it comes to media we're given such a homogenous view because it's mainly white people in these positions so having platforms like galdem or black ballad or um whatever it may be or even amalia as well like just mm-hmm. having these diverse voices can really just help Broaden your perspective on whatever subject it may be yeah so I think having personal values is important but you have to be flexible with it as well um, depending on what the situation is
0: has there ever been a time where you've seen someone or uh, been involved in something where people have had to sacrifice slightly their values for the sake of the client or the work
1: I guess so and I think this happens quite a lot especially within advertising really? where they've had to do that um, But I guess work is work, though, right? And Mm. I think especially if you've not got the opportunity of falling back on other financial resources and this is the way that you survive, Mm. then sometimes you just have to do it. But I think um, if you could find um, mentors within the organization, so Mm. if it's not even your manager, if your manager is supportive, then that's amazing. But sometimes if you struggle with your creative director or whatever it may be, just finding other sources across senior leadership as a mentor to kind of help advise you on that yeah and if it's a good company who cares about its uh, employees then they should support you through that so it's just about finding the right space where you can work and feel like you're supported completely and unconditionally in that environment
0: too yeah especially in the creative industry there's a lot of uh workplaces whether that's across film graphic design tv radio music anything there's some startups where your team is made up of four people and yeah. there's, like, a boss, and then there's three people working underneath that boss. You don't have an HR department. What, if someone's facing difficulty within that environment, what would be your advice? I went to a talk a few years ago, uh, and Vicky Maguire, I mm-hmm. think she's, at grey. Yeah.
1: Um. She, she talked about a fuck-it fund. Right. And it's so smart. So, basically, saving up three to four months' salary um, as a sort of, like, just, yeah, keeping it to the side. Mm-hmm. So, if you're ever in an uncomfortable situation and you're you're being tested or you're not feeling valued or whatever it may
0: be. You've got this fund to support you if you were to quit that job there and then. Because when I've had people ask me for their advice on things like that, obviously your advice is, well, you're a little bit trapped, so the answer is to leave. There's always something better on the other side. But it is the money situation, especially in somewhere like London.
1: Yeah, especially if you are from a marginalised background. Because even what I realised was, being a person of colour, the way that I kind of function was I I feel like, especially when I got my first job or whatever, that I'm grateful. I was constantly grateful that this person gave me that opportunity Mm -hmm. and um, just addressing the power imbalance. No one should ever make you feel like shit. Mm. And if that's the case, and if it's compromising your mental health and well-being, then if you've got the opportunity to just take some time to heal, Mm -hmm. then you should take that and then go from there. So having that fuck it fun just saving that money can be such a, a huge lifeline.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, Leah, say uh, we've got some young creatives or um, entry-level people listening at the moment, and say they're worried about their ideas getting challenged in the workplace. Um, what do you, how do you go about that? Is that something you would defend, or like, especially when you're really, really young and you're starting out?
1: For me throughout my whole career I've always tried to make the most of every opportunity that I've got and especially going into big workplaces, trying to find allies within there as well. Okay. So even as it's as an entry level, going in somewhere junior, Try and speak to your MD. Try and get coffees with these people and mm. just talk to them and build that rapport with them. Start that conversation because finding allies within a workplace can be really helpful for you when you are going through any hard times that you may have to go through. Mm. Um, especially like when it comes to sharing creative ideas, just sometimes just having a voice in them rooms can be can be really tricky because you've got people just constantly speaking over you there's bigger personalities whatever it may be but just finding your own style trusting your idea um, and finding the right opportunity for you to share that idea Mm -hmm. Um, but then also as well that's
0: why it helps to have allies in the room as well and you do build up if you maintain professional you believe in your ideas you stay grounded you do build up a level of respect within the creative industry by getting those ideas across and also maybe saying i don't know if this is a good idea have you thought of maybe this or that? And just, you know, being a voice. And as long as you do it in the right way. Yeah. That's definitely what's happened to me within music specifically, is always knowing your place and knowing when to speak, but also just being completely transparent and going, how about this? Yeah. Like, let's just try this and make some change and do this. And it does earn you that respect, especially over long periods of time when you're working with um, certain clients. Yeah,
1: for sure. The industry needs diverse voices, Mm -hmm. but it also needs to create Cultures and inclusive environments where their voices are heard. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so Leah, we've got some questions here from the New Blood audience that have been taken from Twitter or Instagram that were really quite interesting. So I wanted to ask you a few of them. Let's go. The first one's great, goes straight in there. How do you rationalize working for a clearly evil client? Oh, gosh. Which is interesting because obviously the other box just is a flat no.
1: Yeah. But do you know what, actually, because this is a conversation that happened on the Other Box group um, a while ago, and um, I think for that, you have to find, again, allies and solidarity within your organisation and know that your company's got your back. So if you're put into these really uncomfortable situations, that's not cool. Mm. And so your company has a responsibility and a duty of care to make sure that you're not put into that.
0: Yeah, and know that you're not alone as well, because there are places like the Other Box um, Galdem people that you can actually speak to yeah. and get advice that's what they're there for Absolutely. and you just explain your situation completely confidential and they will, they're there to give you their genuine advice yeah, and that sure. could really really help because I find that 90% of the time they've been through similar things.
1: Absolutely. And actually you'll find most marginalised people or people from underrepresented backgrounds mm. have gone through something similar. Um, and so it just really helps validate your own, ex- your, like how you feel about that yeah. to know that you're not alone. And that's
0: um, that, that can be really empowering. Next question from the New Blood audience. Should you not include a good piece of work in your portfolio if it was for an unethical client or company?
1: Oh, a lot of these questions are around ethics, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. I think that if, is an
0: interesting one, actually, because I don't know what I'd I'd do. Then. If you're
1: proud of the work and um, proud of what you, you delivered for it, then you should include it if you're comfortable in talking about it. But if it's going to be a conflict with the company that you're trying to interview for, yeah. then that's something to be mindful of. Again, it goes back to what I said about being flexible, mm. being coachable, learning and listening to what the general conversations are around mm. something. Uh, so yeah i think that's kind of like what i would suggest
0: yeah and i think if the piece of work had a positive influence on the company or client then definitely include it because you're provoking change at what point should you step away from a client and or company if they conflict with your values
1: i I just think nothing is worth jeopardizing your your mental health or well-being yeah and you know being even speaking from personal experience, like I would push through and I'd keep pushing and to the point where I was at breaking point and I'm just like, I don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't need to be crying. I don't need to be getting frustrated. Like it's just time for me to move on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes actually, you know, everyone always says, trust your timing, but your body knows. So yeah. I think if, you've, if you're constantly going into a workplace and not feeling happy or feeling triggered or whatever it may be, uh, just as long as you've got that backup you know that you you know whether it's back work backup money whatever it may be just just leading with that
0: yeah for every negative workplace or experience you've had there is positives there as well because so many lessons you, so you know, many know what lessons. you learn and you know how you don't want to be treated in the future exactly and there are some great people to work for it's out great, there so yeah. when you do land the right job and you're not faced with a difficult client or company you go wow this is how it should be exactly and i know i'm never going to put myself in that other position ever again
1: and so learn the lesson bank it remember it
0: and then make sure like when you go forward that you're taking them lessons with you exactly one of the questions here is quite interesting because especially with some of our young audience and our entry-level um, workers they don't really know how to go about saying no. Yeah. So say if you, you've you got to a point where you don't agree with something, you, you're thinking about maybe leaving, or maybe you just want to voice the fact that you don't agree with something, but you're, I don't know, 18 years old, you're an intern. How do you even voice that?
1: It's, it's so, so hard, especially when you feel like you don't have a voice or you're not represented or whatever it may be within a company. When, it, when you join a company or even if you're in a company now, just going for regular coffees with different people across different teams and that can be a really great way to start building sort of allyship and mm-hmm. uh, just especially people in sort of senior positions um, because it can really help just in terms of building them connections and just knowing that you've got more of a, a net, like a safety net within that company too.
0: So for all the listeners of this podcast series, we've been asking each guest for one key takeaway, one key bit of advice. So when it comes to, um, you know, protecting your values, what would you say to our listeners?
1: I'd say be flexible, mm-hmm. like I keep saying. But honestly, it's been life-changing. I've had so much therapy, and this is one of the biggest <laughs> things i have come from it, is being flexible and not being so stuck in your ways. Yeah. Being constantly learning and and having finding that community, because honestly... When we have the other box events and we bring all these amazing people together who are all there for the same reasons, it's so empowering. And it's so beautiful just to kind of just realize that we're not alone in this. And yeah. that's kind of the, one of the most important parts of our message. hundred
0: percent. These networks now exist. Yeah. You know, we're, we're in the 21st century. There's so many people creating these networks. So just... Have a look at the other box is one of them. There's loads of them at the moment. Yeah, that we, are doing we listen, huge things. Yeah, we share them. Actually. Do you? Oh, amazing. So yeah. Have a
1: look, so we're always sharing um, on our Twitter and our Instagram and even join our Facebook group as well. Because yeah. we're always like constantly sharing other platforms and initiatives in there as well.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Leah. Thank you that was for really, having really insightful. <laughs> <laughs> that was episode four of the Make and Break podcast, series two with myself, Naina, in conversation with Leah Satar, And it's been all about sticking to your values. We'll be back with episode five. Thank you for listening.